This podcast is presented by Genius Sports, driven to deliver the difference. Experience the power and excitement of live events with Ticket Smarter. You can find seats to more than 125,000 live events, including sports, concerts, and theater shows on TicketSmarter.com. Ticket Smarter is also a proud partner of the Mac. Think smarter. Think Ticket Smarter. everybody welcome back to the call to action podcast uh very excited about this episode I, i'm gonna welcome our next guest in who really needs no introduction uh, a legend of the mac and and someone that we just inducted or are going to induct uh into the mac hall of fame uh greg jennings western michigan football wide receiver and we'll get into everything he did after Western Michigan in a second. But uh Greg, thanks for being with us today. <laughs> and congratulations on uh getting the nod to be part of the Mac Hall of Fame uh induction class. Absolutely. It's a pleasure being on with you. And uh it's a pleasure and an honor to be inducted with uh my counterparts that I'm being inducted with. So I'm excited. Yeah, that's great. Um, I I want to take this all the way back. I mean, you're from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the process, or was it like a foregone conclusion? Hey, I'm going to stay close to home, and I'm going to go to Western. Or what was that? What was that recruiting? Absolutely like? not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, the last thing I wanted to do was stay close to home. Um, specifically Western. I, I didn't even have Western like in my vision. Okay. Like my peripheral, uh, no, none of the above. Uh, however, how it all happened for me, I was I was recruited quite uh, highly, um, a lot of Big Ten schools. But my love, um, my number one choice was the University of Michigan. I had verbally committed, sat down with Lloyd Carr at the time, who was the head coach, with my dad um, as a junior, and verbally committed to the University of Michigan. So my eyes and my future was I was going to be a Wolverine um fast forward to my senior year playing basketball as well as football um, and our basketball teams making a run I was a really good basketball player got recruited a lot in basketball as well um and you know how the process works or if you don't like they they reach out to you pretty frequently um so I, I had gone to almost every U of M game. Um, and so now my senior year is he around here and I'm not really hearing from them. And so basketball season come, we run, make a state championship run. We lose in the state final, state championship game. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to get to that football decision-making time. And I remember talking to my cousin, Ann Gold, who had played at the University of Michigan, who was now I think he's year one with the Denver Broncos. And I re reached out to him and I'm like, hey, and I haven't heard from anybody. Like, have you gone through this before? What should I do? And he's like, just call them and see where they're at. And so I call and 
they respond and say, ah, oh, Greg, um, look, we, we obviously we love you. We're actually thinking about going in a different direction, but we would love to have you as a preferred walk-on. And my, my heart sunk everything. I mean, this was my childhood dream. I had, to be honest and transparent, I pretty much burned bridges with like Michigan State and blown off any other university because that was always in, in my dream and my vision. Sure. Fast forward or put a pin in that for a second. <laughs> Go all the way back to the process. Um, Kyle Nystrom, who was the linebacker coach at the time at Western Michigan, was the recruit. He, I remember him coming to Calvin Central High School and sitting down with me and saying, hey, if anything ever happened, just know we have a scholarship for you. And that, was, that wasn't the, the, the totality of the conversation, but uh, to surmise it all, like that was the most important part. So back to where we are, I'm scrambling now trying to identify and it's like three weeks before signing day or so. Um, and I'm scrambling, trying to figure out, okay, can I call state? Can I call Purdue? Can I call all these different schools? All of them are locked into who they have coming in uh, and scholarships. And so I remember Western just being there. I took a quick visit to Western and I, my parents, I'm like, I'm not coming here. <laughs> I was willing to go almost anywhere but Western. <laughs> Just because it, just because I didn't want to stay close to home, sure. and it, I woke up the next morning and just had this epiphany of you know what I think I want to be a Bronco. Come to find out, my parents, my, I'm a PK kid, so my dad's a pastor, my mom, my mom and dad are in ministry, and so they had been praying all night, hoping that I would make the decision to stay home, and it just so happened I woke up that following morning and said. I want to be a Bronco and never look back. I mean, that's, that's an awesome story. How do you, I mean, I have a lot of questions coming from that story, but I guess my first one is you obviously had a tremendous career with Western. That's why you're in the Met Hall of Fame amongst other things that, you know, we will get to. Um, how did that fuel you? Did it, did it fuel you? Did, did the fact of like, Hey, I want to go to Michigan and then preferred walk on Did that, kind of spark something um, in you when, when you started your career at Western or, you know, I, I always feel, I guess that every Mac player, that's kind of what the Mac kind of represents is someone with a chip on their shoulder. I think no matter how you look, mm -hmm. that's just how it's been. So, I mean, has, did that do anything? Absolutely. Without doubt, it definitely did because I knew that my ability, my talents were greater, and this is no knock on the Mac or even Western Michigan, but I felt like my talents were deserving of, of being on the big stage, the Big Ten stage. And when that didn't happen, my oldest sister told me, she said, um, my nickname is Man. She said, Man, well, you're behind the eight ball now, so you're going to have to outwork. You're going to have to do everything you possibly can to make people come and see you. Or mom and dad's money that they've spent in all these camps and all these tournaments and all it's gone to waste. And that may seem harsh, but in my mind, it was truth. And so walking on that campus as a redshirt freshman, 
at Western, that's all I ever thought about was how can I outwork and draw attention to who I am as an athlete and what we're trying to get done as a program. And it just so happened over the course of time that happened. Uh, that's that's great. I mean, I think uh, I've been at the Mac a long time, nine, 19 years. Um, and uh, I think you were our offensive player, player, of the offensive player of the year. And I think my first full time year, it would have been 05, right? Uh, or yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's wild. That's how long I've been. I mean, watched you play like in, in and that's what was cool for me. I mean, to to be able to give you a call for someone um, that is a Mac uh, grad as well. And, and someone who just buys into that whole chip on your shoulder. And I've seen so many great players come through this league and on the football field that go to the NFL and everything. The second question, we probably will go back to the Western, but I was watching your, uh, you're, you're in the green Bay Packers hall of fame. And prior mm-hmm. to us talking, I watched your speech and it's funny that you had no, no part of you wanted to go to Western because I also watched your speech and you said you wanted, <laughs> you wanted no part in going to the Packers and that it was the last place that you wanted to go, uh, going from Western and, and all of your accomplishments there and player of the year and, you know, all the, all the receiving records that you set, um, when it came draft time and, and going through that process and, and putting up the numbers that you did at Western, I mean, tell people the story. I, I thought it was awesome just hearing you talk about, yeah, this is the last place I wanted to go, but I won't spoil the rest. But then, you know, what what happened, you know, when you did get drafted there and, and yeah, so, why it might uh, be the best place. Yeah, so the draft came and my buddy and I, um, we went out to breakfast and he asked me the question where's the one place you don't want to go and I I in turn asked him the same question and my response was I don't want to go to Green Bay I hated the colors like being and we had trained down in Orlando so I kind of gotten acclimated to the warm weather for like three months and I'm like I just don't want to be anywhere cold I hated Brett Favre like he always spoiled Thanksgivings for us like I was a, a Michigan kid you you grow up you're rooting for the Lions even though they weren't winning Barry Sanders was everything, right? And so I just, nothing about Green Bay was attractive. The colors were hideous, in my opinion. Like, who, what is a cheese hit? Like, all these things just were not of interest to me. And I remember going through the process, combine, everything. I sat down, had a long conversation with the wide receiver coach uh, in Green Bay at the time. But they never had truly showed a tremendous amount of interest. Uh, So draft day comes, and this is when the first, second, and third round were all on the same day. Uh, It wasn't this long, drawn-out process like it is now. But uh, And so they had the 37th pick originally for – I believe it was a 37th pick, and they traded – nope, the Broncos had the 37th pick. I thought I was going to end up going to Denver with my cousin, if you recall, Ann Gold, he's he's in Denver – and they traded with Green Bay to get a veteran wide receiver, Javon Walker. And Green Bay received, I, I don't know, like they had now the 50th and the 52nd pick. At the time, I didn't know they had the 52nd pick. So I'm like, oh, shoot, there's a vacancy in Green Bay now. So, man, I might end up in Green Bay. Second round comes. Pick number 50. 
they go with this offensive tackle, Darren College, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> Woo! I, I, I felt like I had escaped going to Green Bay. And I looked down at the ticker, and two picks later, I see they have the 50-second pick, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I, it's like I just knew. And the moment that 51st pick was in, my phone rings. And it's, I look down and it's 920 area code. Now, at the time, or this is how they do it anyway. So a lot of these teams will call your phone like the day of, or the or not the day of, but the day before, days leading up to draft day, just to make sure you have a, a working operating line and that they have the right number and all the things. So I was familiar with this number. They had just called me like the day before. So I look down and I see 920 and no lie, Jeremy, and my head goes down. I'm now my family's all around. <laughs> my head goes down, and I'm like, oh. I regroup, I answer the phone, and it's Ted Thompson. And he's like, You ready to be a Green Bay Packer? And I'm like, Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> just like I'm trying to muster up all this false enthusiasm <laughs> as if I've always wanted to be a Packer. And I hated Brett Favre, man, the whole nine. And it just ended up being the absolute best place for me to start my career, as did Weston. Like, I learned so much about work ethic and not cutting corners because I felt like I had to be better. I couldn't just be unsharp or dull as a receiver and not be a sharp route runner or crisp when it came to just understanding defenses and all the things I had to be that much better than the next individual. And the same was true with green Bay. Like it was like a very blue collar. We're going to do it this way. We're going to bring, we're going to nurture our young guys. We're going to put you around a supporting group of guys in the receiving room and with a veteran quarterback that will allow you to grow. And that's exactly what, the Packers were for me. It was an opportunity to just grow right away with one of the league's best in the face of the NFL at the time uh, with a tremendous receiving group um, in my in, at my disposal every single day. So it ended up being the best decision uh, in hindsight. Sure. But initially, nah, wanted no parts of it. Uh, and then, uh, again, if uh... – People that do listen, I would check out the your speech. I mean, it was from top to bottom. It's it's awesome. It showed um, shows just how much the organization meant to you, how much just your family means to you. And and again, we'll get to that in a second too. But um, I mean, you're, you're two time All Pro and you're a Super Bowl champ. I mean, what what's it like for listen? I mean, you want a Super Bowl title? What what is that feeling like? Can you even put it into words? It's it's hard to, to be honest. It's being so far removed from it. Um, it's it's a memory that go lives on with you uh, forever and lives beyond even your lifespan. Uh, it's something that you know. And I look at my career and where how I went to Minnesota and then uh, the Dolphins, and it's something that no one can ever take away. Even the relationships that are forged in those moments uh, when you actually accomplish something as special as winning a Super Bowl, like you're in a, a small, tight, 
group of guys that have actually been able to accomplish something like that. And so you have a memory that lasts forever and beyond a lifetime. Uh, so for me, it was in the moment, it was extremely surreal. Like I, what I didn't want to be, you know, once the clock hit, hit the triple zeros, you see all the guys start crying and it's like, oh, wait, what? I'm like, I don't want to be that. I just want to express a raw, authentic emotion. And immediately I'm, I'm jumping up and down like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, finally, because again, if you followed my career at all, there was no winning taking place when I was at Western. There was, we weren't sniffing any type of MAC championship, none of that. And so up until that point, I never really truly won until you go, if I go, until I go, unless I go all the way back to grade school and like high school. Um, and so for me, this was, this was like, this is the pinnacle. Yeah. This is, you, I can't do anything beyond this. Like this is the Super Bowl, and to to have the impact and the imprint on the game that I was able to have, um, it just I, I'm in awe of it at times. Like even when it replays, and when I show my kids, and just when someone mentions it, or a fan comes up to me and thanks me for the contribution of of in the role that I played in assisting us in winning that Super Bowl, it's just. It's almost overwhelming, um, but it's a it's a surreal experience in the moment. Uh, and the the further away from it you get, you really truly realize and recognize how difficult it is to accomplish something like that. Yeah, and I mean, just the fact. I mean, it is the game, right? All eyes are on. I I just couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I mean, I couldn't imagine. So I, obviously. Uh, I know we're we're far from that these days, but you know, congrats to you on that. That's again something that can never be taken away. Another takeaway: yeah. you didn't want to go to Green Bay, and I can say this because I'm a lifelong fan. But I'm shocked that Cleveland. I mean, you brought up bad colors and just not wanting to be somewhere. But but the Browns weren't your last pick. I mean, I, again, I'm born and raised Cleveland Browns <laughs> fan, but I mean, that's that's a huge takeaway for me. But I guess they weren't ruin your thanksgiving because i don't know the last time the browns yeah played on thanksgiving <laughs> yeah so i i never i never truly watched the browns like they were <laughs> they weren't even a team that were was really on my radar um and, and believe it or not so jerome harrison uh, my best friend at the time went to high school together that's who i'm sitting down lunch with he gets drafted by the cleveland browns in the fifth round <laughs> and so <laughs> Like we both went to spots where it was like, are you kidding me? And <laughs> and now a lot of people don't really recall this, but the year before I had gotten drafted, that previous season, the Green Bay Packers stunk. Like they were like four and twelve. Like they were awful. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> the the only positive was, okay, I get to play with Brett Favre, and it ended up being. It's something that truly accelerated my maturation process as a professional, um, as a player in the league. And it just taught me how to truly manifest or not even so much manifest, but seize a moment and an opportunity um, 
and piggyback off of someone else's career because he was he was breaking every record uh and I just happened to be on the end of a lot of those record-breaking throws and touchdowns. Sure, sure. Um, I'll throw this out. You can't use any of the, the places that you've played, and I know you live uh, in Minnesota, so that's that's mm-hmm. out. But um, what was what was your always your favorite road trip to make in the NFL and your least favorite place to go? Uh, favorite road trip to make was always uh, Seattle. I love playing in Seattle, just that environment, the crowd noise, um, the the rivalry that was starting to kind of be curated and created uh, because of, you know, the replacement refs uh, game and all of the things and the hassle back coming into Lambeau. This was prior to me, but the overtime coin toss, they win the toss and we're taking the ball and we're going to score, you know, like that. Then we had the snow game and the playoffs. So Seattle, there was always something special about going there and playing those guys. And then what was the second half of the question? Where did you not like going? Um, I didn't like going to Chicago, man. I, I really did. I Soldier Field, the turf, was, <laughs> it was terrible. It was always horrible. Um, it was just, it was brutal. Like the fans are, they're they're bear fans. They yeah. bear down in all ways. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, I wanted to get to um, uh, your foundation. You started a foundation uh, years ago and uh, housed in Kalamazoo. But I believe, like, you don't just help Michigan-based kids, right? This is a this is a national thing, right? So I just wanted you to talk about that foundation and what it does, and and uh, you know why why you wanted to start it. Yeah, so the Greg Jenkins Foundation, um, we started off where we were, our focus was underprivileged children and families, um, and we shifted that focus um, and then transitioned it to a fund, the Greg Jennings Fund. And basically all we wanted to do was just provide and be a positive resource for families, uh, for youth uh, throughout communities. Uh, I, again, I had the Douglas Community Center uh, growing up, I was fortunate to live right next door, literally right next door to our community center. And I saw the impact that it had on me and the influence that it had on me and keeping me, you know, just out of outside distraction, distractions and situations that were not going to be conducive to my athletic career or just my overall uh, well-being. Uh, and so just putting those resources in the hands or in in front of the parents, not only just the kids, but the parents, so they can provide their, their children and themselves with better options. Um, that was that's always been our focus. And I think a lot of times we try to re, we try to reinvent the wheel when all these resources are already at our disposal. We just don't ever truly have the bridge to get there. Um, and we don't honestly have the knowledge or uh, the understanding of what is actually out there to support individuals who are in underprivileged situations or who are in just need of assistance. And so that was where um, our focus went when it came to the Greg Jennings Fund. Uh, and so we, we used to host a ton of events. Now we don't as much anymore. 
because we don't run it personally. We used to run it and now we just, we handed it off so that we don't have to delegate and do all the day-to-day ins and outs yeah. of what it takes to run a foundation. No, I mean, it's just great in general, uh, whether you're getting your hands dirty and rolling up your sleeves or just starting something like that. So I, I wanted people to at least know, um, you know, that's what you're doing. What, what are you doing currently? I mean, what's at, what life after football, uh, you know, what, what's been <laughs> the things, what do you enjoy? Uh, you know, are you still a big, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you are, but do you still tune in every Sunday? Are you still a big NFL guy? What, what, what's going on, uh, with life after football? Outside of your family, of kids, wife, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, so yeah, so that's that takes up the bulk of my time. Yeah, the fam. Um, and I've worked for Fox Sports, so I've I've done everything from calling games on Sundays to now I just strictly do in studio work, um, so I can keep it through the week. Uh, that way, I can coach my son on Sundays and flag football and whatnot. Uh, and my wife owns her clothing boutique uh, in Minneapolis, where we reside. Um, I own a metal fabrication elevation elevator company uh, in the Detroit area. Uh, I do online coaching for for men, for dads specifically. I, I currently bodybuild for men's physique. So uh, health and fitness has always been a passion of mine that I truly didn't know. Uh, but it's something that I've I've grown to love and want to just be a resource to not only just men, but just individuals as a whole to allow them to live their best fit life. Because if you're a healthy you is a better you, not just for yourself, but for anyone connected to you. So those are a few of the things that I'm currently doing. That's great. Um, I think, I think just lastly, um, piggybacking off that, I know you're, you're talking about like grown men, but again, this is going back to your speech with the Packers and you were talking to your family at the time or really your, your children, but what advice would you have, um, for kids out there that, Hey, you know, I'm in high school right now. I might be going to a Mac school. Like how, how do you keep that focus to maybe one day be in, in your shoes? Uh, to be honest, it's your current situation isn't always what you think it's going to end up being. Like it's only a step. It's only a phase. And a lot of times, especially when we're younger, we think that that next decision or that this current position that I'm in is going to drastically impact our future. And that may be the case. But more often than not, it's just going to set you up for what is next. But if you have the wrong mentality, if you're listening to all the naysayers, or all the, the chatter that surrounds you, and especially in today's world with social media being so prevalent um, and just saturated with negativity, and, and even with the influence that looks and appears to be like it's real when it's not always the case, uh, you you start to question, you know, your value, your importance. But I what I tell my kids is whatever you want to do, whatever you want to be, if you truly believe in your heart that you can accomplish that, then everything that you do will get you there because your desires will always move you in the direction of your destiny, period. Your actions have to meet 
up with your desires. You can't have one without the other. You can't just desire something and not put action behind it. There has to be a marriage between your actions and what you want and what you desire. And if that happens, guarantee you, you accomplish it. Well, that's a great message. And I, again, I, I want to thank you. Uh, well, first, again, congratulate you on on uh, the Mac Hall of Fame nod. Uh, definitely uh, goes without question. Uh, well-deserved honor. Um, but, you know, Greg Jennings, thank you for your time. And uh, we look forward to having you, uh, you know, in Cleveland and, and uh, bringing you in with the rest of our Hall of Fame class. And, uh, you know, really, really excited to to be able to honor you. So thank you again and for joining us. Thank you guys and uh, the committee and whoever else had a hand in saying that this guy is worthy of Absolutely. Mac Hall of Fame. So thank you guys. Cause I knew it from the start Baby, when you broke my